Welcome to the Legal Sector Resilience Podcast, a series of one-to-one conversations with the people who are passionate about helping you create strong, relevant and thriving legal practices, led by me, Emma Waddingham, editor of Legal News Wales. Expect discussions around technology, pricing, people, culture, compliance, leadership, finance and more to help inspire you to confidently invest in the tools and solutions to help elevate, sustain and grow your legal practice. So today we're heading back to look at finance for the legal profession and what law firms should take note of for themselves and for their clients in 2024, whether they want to grow, diversify, invest in new resources, people or even exit. So I'm joined today by two accounting and tax specialists at Azets, our community partner, um, David Holden, a director within the audit and business services department based in Cardiff, and Ian Sanderson, a corporate tax partner based in Azets, Cardiff and Crystal offices. Hello to you both. Hello. Hi, Emma. Hi. Hi. Thank you for joining me today. Um, so both David and Ian have considerable experience working with legal sector clients, and I'm delighted they're here to share their insights and predictions for the law firms for the year ahead. Um, so would you both um, share a little bit more about your team's work and how you work with the legal sector? And um, David, do you want to go first? Yes, thank you, Emma. Uh, So we've got uh, a number of different uh, team members involved and we span across the audit department where we look after the solicitor's accounts rules and responses needed there for the SRA. Uh, We also have an accounts team where we'll specialise in preparing the accounts and that might be for the limited limited company or whether it's an LLP, limited liability partnership or partnership or even sole trader uh, business of the of the legal practice, whichever entity and business type it is, we cover them all. We've got separate tax teams again, which we all work in unison with. Um, Ian, Ian heads up his uh, department there as well. We've got a personal tax and um, or corporate side. And within that team again, we've got specialisms looking at restructuring, valuations, and even R&D research and development where there's extra tax claims and credits that can be uh, put together that might be applicable in some some businesses or even the clients of solicitors. That is so extensive, isn't it? <laughs> I it know, is, it is, you know, huge company. So the the ability for you to pull in on particular specialists in certain areas is 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 the, one of the reasons why we're working with you as well. Ian, tell you've been with Azets for is it, but just nearly four months now, isn't it? I think you said. That's right. Yep. Yeah, and it's been uh, quite a whirlwind four months. So um, so I'm, I'm I'm not new to Bristol. Um, I've been down in Bristol at, uh, for twelve years, and I've just joined Azets from a, a big four where I spent the past twenty seven years. Uh, so during that time, I've you know, worked with many law firms, uh, both on sort of tax compliance and tax advisory, uh, looking at um, you know various you know what uh, different entities, whether it's an LLP partnership, corporate uh, entity, helping them with their tax compliance and I suppose maximising the their, their tax positions, whether that's through claiming relief such as you know capital allowances, looking at um, timing of, of income and expenses. Uh, and, and the structures of the businesses, and then also looking at um, helping legal firms and and sort of wider corporates on things like tax governance, in particular things like the corporate criminal offence. Um, looking at uh, what entities need to do to prevent uh, the facilitation of of tax fraud within their businesses. 
Thank you. And I know we'll talk about that in a little bit more depth um, shortly. Um, I, mean, I don't know if you're able to tell us a little bit more about how um, kind of globally your legal sector clients did in, in the last year. Um, are they growing and diversifying? Are they looking for new opportunities? I know there's um, report, lots of different reports saying, you know, the legal sector is growing and, and we're doing well. But, you know, what, what's your experience? There's been a general improvement across all different types of legal firms that we've got and the different areas and in and specialisms that they they work in uh, mainly well, there's been a bit of a cautiousness in some some areas particularly with the public sector i would say where where firms have been contracted with that uh, type of the type of the industries and expecting it to to come back in 2024 um, with some redefinements and i think there's been a general cautiousness i, I would say in the industry but generally, they are whether people are just saying this, they are saying they're busier than ever, and uh, and saying that you know, despite certain you know demands on inflation and salaries and recruitment issues, maybe that's helped, or maybe that's just <laughs> that's that's become that's become uh, been a, a result of of that. Um, there have been a general increase, and whether that continues into 2024, that's another concern, I think, of the firms, is what um, what's going to happen now. Absolutely, because, you know, all of this has a massive impact on the the day-to-day and the long-term, obviously. You know, can we pay, can we afford to pay people more money because there's a recruitment crisis? Um, we want to invest in technology. Where are we going to find that pot from? Are we spending our money wisely? Um, should we be incorporated? We were thinking about having non-lawyer owners. Do we go down another route? So, you know, there's lots of big decisions. This is the time of year that people make them as well. Um, Ian, I know that you will have kind of crossed over from from um, another organisation in, in the last year year but what what kind of observations um have you found um for, for the legal sector yeah and i think to build on what uh, what david said i think you know generally across professional services that pressure on salaries on increasing costs think about charge out rates and looking at actually how much of that can you pass on to, to clients how much can you recover from clients yeah it's a really difficult balance to get that right and i think that's really going to come into play in 2024 as we potentially do come into a downturn um, or, or slight slow down the economy. Um, so I think you know it's it's a it's about you know talking to uh, sort of my contacts is about you know, how you differentiate yourself, what how you really sell that value that you're adding, so clients do feel the benefit and are happy to pay those those increased charge out rates. Do you find that you've both been? giving a more of a kind of, I mean, you pride yourselves in a bit more of a consultative approach anyway, but has that been something that clients have really made the most of um, in the last few years? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's been a, a lot of that and and getting into the detail of, of some of how, like you said earlier, diversif- diversifying, how it's structured, how costs are transpiring against what can be passed on to with included within fees, how else can they be restructuring their fees, and uh, whether there's certain problems with lockup, for instance, where we have noticing trends on in benchmarking reports and various uh, uh, in industry results are showing that that is becoming more and more, on average, um, an issue for for practices and firms mm. and ways to deal with that. And that consultative 
approach that we take as well as what's in the numbers and what how how we can um, bring out the detail I suppose and look at what different areas of a particular firm is is performing well or where where things could be possibly improved or alternative ways using technology like I like you touched upon earlier mm-hmm. or whether it's just how they they approach their their costs or fees with with their different clients whether that's you know there's alternative fee arrangements there's credit terms there's you know payments up up on account interim billing there's all sorts of different uh, different approaches to the same type of problem if you like with improving cash flow which is really what it comes down to yeah, absolutely. And and it's, it's that massive juggle, isn't it, between um, needing to get everything out of a lockup, but also um, giving clients um, access to justice and, and enabling them that for them. Um, and so, you know, perhaps for some going into 2024, um, there's a bit of a cautious approach. Um, and that, again, has this impact on wider decision making and kind of progress for the firm as a business um but what what should law firms be thinking about this year um particularly the start of the year or aware of um and ian i, I know that we said we'd come back to you on this yeah uh, thanks emma yeah so uh, just coming back to that sort of tax governance piece i think that's what we're seeing uh, across the sector you know an increasing focus on tax governance whether that's from hmrc or from from law firms themselves uh, and that's particular, particularly important. I mean, you mentioned, you know, potentially raising funds from outside, having you know, potentially private equity owners or non, non-lawyer owners uh, coming in, you know, and as part of any due diligence process these days, you know, um, the corporate criminal offence I mentioned is high on the agenda. You know, the corporate criminal offence has been around since 2017, uh, but in general, it's still not widely thought about or known about. Um, and what what that means is that all businesses, whether it's a, a limited company, partnership, LLP, have to have um, processes and procedures in place to ensure that none of their associated persons are facilitating tax evasion. So it's quite wide. And it could mean actually that you've got a contractor who's working for you, who does facilitate tax evasion, and you as a law firm could be on the hook for, for, for their actions, even though they're not under your direct control. So it's important that you've gone through a, a risk assessment process and where appropriate, you know, have enhanced procedures and, 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 and controls in place. And we're finding that, yet yeah, through due diligence, that does get looked at quite a lot now. And I think law firms in particular, as with accountants, are in a fairly high-risk area when it comes to facilitation mm-hmm. of tax evasion because they are involved in, um, you know, transactions which could involve, you know, overseas passes that, you know, could, could be structured in a way that could be uh, facilitation of tax evasion. Mm. So it's really important that I would say for this year um, that that is you know, something that should be uh, pretty high up, high up on the agenda. The other thing is just tax compliance generally. I think you know, as, as we as we go into downturns, HMRC do tend to focus on tax compliance and look at you know how they can maximise tax revenues. Particularly, you know, they are falling because there's a general reduction in in, in profit levels across across businesses. So, so I think you know. We'd like to see more sort of inquiries and things coming out from HMRC around that. So just make sure that actually your tax compliance is is is, is watertight and there's a real focus on you know, maximising your tax relief, such as capital allowances, um, but also make sure that you're not overclaiming or doing anything that could be challenged by HMRC. Mm, okay. David, um, is there anything that you feel 
lawyers should really have, law firms should really have an eye on this year? Um, well, we've, we've noticed a number of inquiries about succession planning, but there's something that we've, we've been helping quite a number of our clients with and planning ahead, really, rather than just leaving it to the last minute and thinking, how, how can it be done? What's the best mechanisms? How is it fair for the retiring partners and people to bring in? Um, what valuations mm. and what's obviously the tax to pay, if there's any tax, of course. But uh, it's all those types of um, practical things as well to think of and and spin-offs from it, really, where, where firms are diversifying, are trying to, to expand. And like we said about whether that's organically, whether that's using um, other different types of services to clients and, and all these different things, which sometimes mean some businesses have, have um, diversified so that they, they actually feel like they, they no longer should be one firm, really. We've had uh, quite a bit of experience of late trying mm-hmm. to help clients plan that. And that's brilliant to hear on the succession planning side. I know that we've got um, a round table, uh, two round tables to publish, um, both of which include um, contributions from assets um, and uh, and looking at these very issues and how, how at what point do you perhaps um, share and be more transparent about where the business is at financially? Um, and, and do you have any kind of financial literacy in terms of junior leadership to bring them up into a position where they feel more confident in taking up their those roles and and so you know perhaps if we, if that has sparked anything in terms of inquiries to you that's fantastic news um so we talked a little bit about what uh, law firms might want to look out for is there anything in terms of predictions for the sector for the year ahead i think it's much of the same to be honest in terms of 2024 i think firms are going to still have the same challenges going forward with terms of recruitment in terms of you know keeping costs and and diversifying and, and, and way, ways of growing, whether that's organically they're focused on now compared to maybe before. Um, also, the use of technology is ever more increasing and in how firms are going to fund that and how they're going to make their their clients' interactions really as, as more automated as possible. I know a lot of, there's been a huge growth in conveyancing and in terms of that uh, interaction with clients and getting the information over to into a into the legal firms and then responses back to clients and that's everyone growing so I, that that's just going to develop i think not just this year go ongoing really um but there's going to be the, the the typical challenges they've experienced at the, at the the last 20 the last 12 months in particular um and i think like like you mentioned before i think firms are going to start to to have to look and plan a whole lot more with regards to succession planning and how that's going to impact their um, their business. But Ian, is there anything else that, that, that kind of lies ahead that you'd like to flag? Uh, I suppose from a tax perspective, we've got the NIC cuts coming in in April, which is, yeah, so it's not all bad news from, no. from a tax perspective. We have got that sort of abolition of Class 2 NIC and reduction mm-hmm. in Class 4 NICs from, from the 5th of April, so that will impact all our partnerships and sole traders. I mean, thank you. So, I mean, obviously, on a positive note, it's all, it looks very good for the legal sector. I think it's just what I can pick up is that it's making the most of uh, the finances that you have, making sure they're in the bank, um, supporting the clients, giving the best value to clients, but also uh, making the most of the support that's out there um, and picking up the phone to to people like yourselves, um, whether you work with assets or not, um, just to to make sure that you're on the right track and, and making the most of the opportunities that are there within either the tax sphere um, and also a future planning, as you say, David, with succession. 
<laughs> yeah, right. I would say, yeah, and don't leave those conversations till the year end or after the year end, you know, have those conversations with your advisors throughout the year. Yeah, 100%. especially from a tax perspective. Yeah, once, once um, yeah, the year end's passed, it's generally too late to do anything. But actually, pre-year end, we can think about actually, can any, is there any planning that can be done uh, in terms of drawings or dividends or, you know, whatever that might be. And what better time of year to start thinking about those things as well um, as we head into, as 12 months will now take us into 2025, of course. Yes. So uh, we're frightening thought. <laughs> Put the mince pies down, guys. We're, in, we're definitely in a new year. Um, oh, thank you both so much. Uh, it's always really useful to have a little bit of horizon scanning. Um, and I know this won't be the last time Dave and I uh, spoke recently uh, in the last couple of months about what, what lies ahead. Um, and we'll be bringing the wider teams in for the conversation conversations as well um our succession planning round tables will be coming out um and again any more information with all the contact details for both ian and for david um, will be on legalnewswales.com uh, next to the podcasts and uh, linked in the podcast details as well um and we hope that you come back we've got lots of new partners and new conversations happening um particularly with the law tech side of things so we hope that um our listeners will join us for those but yeah thank you both very much and, and a very happy new year um and thank you for your time at um what i would imagine is quite a busy time of year for you as well thank you very much thank you thank you for joining us all our episodes of the Legal Sector Resilience podcast are available on LegalNewsWales.com with further signposting or on all good podcasting apps. 